Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World. I'm Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors. As always, straight across the table from me, I'm mixing it up, the great, the one and only the stone sheep hunter. Can't wait for that, man. Well, it's going to be fun. Oh, man. Brad Dana. And then to my left is the one and only uh, legendary backpack. We'll call you a stone sheep hunter, too, Brian. Yeah, maybe. Done a little of that before. <laughs> Done a little of that before, Brian. I look Martin. more like a moose hunter and a wolf call, a wolf, wolf caller. Snowmobile wolf hunter. Exactly. I look like I'm ready to go to Siberia for a spring hunt for brown bears. I don't even need to take my own food. You know, we should talk about that, honestly. Not not you, but but you've torn up your, your leg, your knee, your shoulder. We should do a podcast on the physical wreck. That all that years of legendary backpacking, and now um, it the uh, shoulder wasn't hurt from hunting, and the ankles were not hurt from hunting, and the knee was actually hurt trail cutting. So actually, actual hunting, no. But you don't think all those years of 130 to 160 pound pack might have put some wear and tear? No, on the it donuts and the pizza, which are pizza, were a lot worse. The do- <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I totally agree with you. Uh, I think that once you slow down, the, do- the, the doc said my back was really good. He said he said for what you do, he said I got a little more curvature in one place than the other, and that's definitely not from doing yoga. It's probably from my stomach pulling it out of joint. <laughs> but um, he said I didn't have hardly any uh, disc problems or anything, and I have all my knee cartilage is good. Well, good. I am super happy to hear that. I was actually giving you a few cruxes, but uh, you didn't take them. Yeah, my uh, doctors have uh, not said my knees look good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I go downhill, I feel a l- no, the knees don't spring as much, and I don't jump creeks as well as I used to. I tend to, like, splash through them. You killed that rattlesnake effortlessly the other night. Oh, yeah, with the old boot. <laughs> Did you guys come across a rattlesnake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little one. I almost stepped on it. I would have stepped on it. Yeah. I stopped, like, what, two feet from it? Well, the little ones are the bad ones. Well, yeah, and then we, so at first we saw a mil- little milk snake up there, and, he, and Brian's like, what the heck is that? Oh, those are the coral snake. coolest. And, uh, and he was a little feisty little bugger, too. Yeah, he was striking like a crazy bugger, yeah. but I couldn't pick him up with a stick. He kept curling off of it. So we let him go, and then we came down, and I was like, whoa, is that a rattlesnake? It's like, what, 50 feet, 100 feet from the truck? Right, right, and down by those the houses. Gravel. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the travel and what's going on with all the hunters across the world. We've been getting a lot of calls in here. And, hey, by the way, I really appreciate everybody giving us your feedback on these podcasts. It's absolute, we, This is an honor to bring them to you, and we sure enjoy uh, doing these each week and, uh, and, bring, uh, and producing them. You know, it, it's fun to talk about these topics and where we're at. Are, are we officially the all-know, know-all, end-all 
in the hunting world or what we do. Absolutely not. This is a uh, this is a learning curve for us every week and every day. We just know what's worked for us. Brian, you know, he's he's had more time in the field than ninety nine point nine percent of the hunters in 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 the world, and uh, we just like to bring to you our perspective, philosophies, and what works for us. And hopefully, it helps you become a better hunter and be more successful in your next adventure. So we appreciate you, man, like crazy. But today we're going to talk about all these crazy uh, travel bans. Um, Trudeau, what a was it, that's not a president in Canada. He's prime it? minister. Prime minister. Uh, he, that's what they call. He, he's he a, also he's has a, people that he, he's, he's appointed that don't give it the best advice. Yeah, whatever. He's he's a prime piece of good real estate there. So anyway, so they have extended their travel ban. To it's July pushing. 21st. It's pushing hard on my leave date. It like, is. Uh, my born now, on date now is here's supposed to be uh, August first for the hunt. Yeah, no, we were leaving on the twenty eighth. Right. Just saying, in case so you were wondering when I, I when I was leaving for your hunt was August twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but the funny thing is, is you can fly into Canada, you can fly out of Canada right now. The flights will go, but you can't drive in or drive out without being quarantined. So so let me let me think this process through with you guys. You can get in a car by yourself, and of course you need to wear a mask when you're in the car by yourself. But if you want to get yelled at from me driving down the road, you won't be able to hear me, but I will be screaming my guts out at your stupidity when you're in a car wearing a mask by yourself because you you know it, anyway it's not going to help you but let's just think through that thought but that's okay if you'd like to wear a mask now because it's the new stylish thing and it's in vogue that's, wear the mask yeah. anyway, but you're in a car, you drive across. And you have limited exposure to people. That's not good. You get on a plane with Uber exposure to people, and that's fine. All the conveyor belts checking your luggage. People standing in the checkout lines. The the little stands that you touch. Right. All the public, the, the coffee, the, the public pu exposure, public toilets, so everything. Right. So it's like touch, 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 touch. Oh yeah, we'll let you come in on an airplane, but we won't let you drive. So anyway, they better get their travel ban figured out. But what's really but who knows about that? I mean, people are still don't even know what if you have a 14 thing. I mean, I've been trying to get back into Canada, and right, you yeah, know, right now I have friends that went back uh, recently, and the police called them every day or two to check to make sure they were at home. RCMP. Really? Yep. So Especially the Yukon. The Yukon had a fifty thousand dollar fine if they found that you were not social distancing at home for the first two weeks. Wow, up to a fifty thousand dollar fine. You know, maybe it was forty nine thousand five hundred. And you know what I, you know what I get. Okay, I was at the, I was at the bank today with Lindley, um, and we had to set up an account for a, a, another business, and uh, um, and and a friend of ours, dear friend of ours, one of the first guys we met when we moved to town. His name's Dave, David, and uh, super good guy, and he had a mask on, and he didn't even hardly recognize me because I had glasses on, <laughs> and he goes, hey, Brian, I didn't know you wear glasses, blah, 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 and anyway, um, he had a mask on, and I don't wear a mask, and uh, um, he was like, I am so sick of this. I'm ready for it to be over, and I said, yeah, me too, and we, we had an amicable short conversation, um, and uh, he went and sat down, and we sat down, and you know, we were all doing our business there, and a guy came in, and he recognized the guy, and we were getting up to leave about the same time, and the guy says to him, he says, are you what are you scared of this and he goes yeah actually i am now here's what i know about this gentleman he's had cancer twice he's had some compromised health situations and if he wants to wear a mask i respect and appreciate that so much he should have a mask on he should not want to expose himself to any of it yeah. and and so i get it you know but but what i don't get is and i know we want to 
do the curve. But what I don't get is how are we going to crush the hunting industry with no travel for all these it, outfitters? Well, it's not just the hunting industry. Yeah. No, I mean, cripes all Friday. I mean, it was the spa industry and the, the hair hospitality industry. hospitality industry. Yeah, I guess I'm just talking specific because right, we're us. in that industry. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, yes. it's weird because when they Cruise first came industry. out, when they first came out with this, the guy, the experts, I'm air quoting right now because experts, and my wife says I don't always use the air quotes, but I think this is a good opportunity to use the air quotes. The experts said you shouldn't wear a mask. You know, it's more dangerous to wear a mask. You guys remember that? And that was just BS. They were just giving you a load of BS because there weren't enough masks around, so they were being careful. But they'd just come out and flat out lie. And now it's better to wear a mask. Now, it's, it's, yeah, it's, is it good to wear a mask? It's great to wear a mask. Especially if you're sick yourself. Yeah, if you're sick, I mean, it makes sense. Um, but it, it's nice to have the opportunity to wear a mask. Plus, you got to end these N95 masks. I mean, they, they're, they're not much fun to wear because I've worn them. And, I mean, they just crush, you know. I mean, you, gotta, you have to have them fit tested. And you see a whole bunch of people walking around with N95 masks. They yeah, you wear one every day all day before this, though. I, you're not an N95. No, but, but you wear a mask. Yeah, I'm used to wearing a mask. It's not a big deal for me. Um, but my life has changed. I prefer changed. you in a mask. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. That was like you set up law pitch, boom. But, but if you're on a plane, you know, I think I, uh, now they Especially require you to wear a mask. And that's okay. I mean, you're on a flight. Now I can tell you a six-hour flight's going to get long with the mask. You know, you do a big six, seven hour. What if you go to Russia? That's a long time. You know, I mean, it just, it's. Uh, do they make you wear a mask? I haven't flown. Yeah. Yeah, that's the new protocol is you wear a mask. I, I should just go do a flight real quick to see what it's like. So, but you know what? For the first time in uh, 15 years, I haven't been on in a plane every week of my life, and it's been an amazing. I, I can get used to this. So, Brian, what are we going to do with the hunters? What have we been telling them when they come in here right now? I mean, we don't have a lot to tell them other than what we know. And uh, um, what are the outfitters telling us? Um, you know, uh, moving everything at first, I know, is like, we'll just move it back everything a year. The problem with moving back everything a year, we already got hunters well, booked you, in a year. Well, what, what a lot of the outfitters are doing, like some of the territory and, and some of the Canadian, some of the Spanish outfitters, for example, and some of the New Zealand and Australian outfitters that already lost 98% of their season for this year, um, if they're booked for 21, they're leaving the 21 guys booked and rolling these guys to 22. And any holes in 21, they're throwing people in. Or if some of the 21 guys want to move to 22, but they're not trying to reschedule everybody because then the 2020 and then the 2021 guys are all both screwed up. So at least leave the 2021 guys co close to what they're at. If some of those guys want to move, they give the option of moving them. And then that way the 2020 guys can jump in those holes. And that way 2020 is, 2021 is full. And then 2022 will probably be half full or more. There's going to be some guys that may want to postpone hunts for a couple of years. I've had about 10 clients for this year want to postpone to 21 or 22 already. Uh, some of it's because of economics, probably as much as anything. Some of it's just business stress, you know, want, not wanting to go. And if something happens, getting stuck overseas. Right, they're business you know. people and they need to be... Well, because right now here. travel insurance is not really covering you. So if you have trip insurance because of a uh, natural catastrophe and stuff, that's not being covered during uh, pandemics. Now, um, so, so people don't get to go on their hunt because of the corona and the, the COVID, whatever, pushing the hunt back another month or two and they can't go, the trip insurance won't cover that. So that's the whole idea behind trip and travel insurance is about 10% of your hunt cost. So let's say if the outfitter cancels a hunt or it's a natural disaster or something, it's covered. But when you have a worldwide pandemic, your insurances don't work properly. So 
I also give advice. I say don't book your flights yet. If you have a visa that only that only allows like a one uh, one uh, two or three or four week window, don't apply for your visa yet. Um, don't book your flights yet. Um, if you're going to go to Africa, for example, and you need certain shots like typhoid fever, or yellow fever, get those. If those are usually good for quite a while. Um, if you're going to do a visa like to Russia, you can get a three-year multi-entry visa. So it doesn't really matter if the hunt's pushed back a half a year or a year. It's still good. So anytime you can get an extended visa, right now people aren't traveling, so it's a good time to send your passport off if you need to. Uh, a lot of your other visas like Tajikistan, uh, Turkey, Azerbaijan, you don't need to send your visas off. But Russia, you still need to send your uh, visa off, for example. It's really the only country that we hunt that, re that requires that kind of a visa. So my advice right now is don't book a flight until you know. Um, try and open up some different flexibility on hunts. Let's say if you have an August or September hunt tentatively booked, start looking at options between October and December if possible. Now, if you're hunting northern Canada, uh, you know, the season's closed by the early October because of the weather. So there's a good chance that anybody who had an August hunt, let's say if it doesn't go, you're probably not going to be able to go in October for a sheep. You're going to have to postpone it. If you have maybe moose hunts, I think, or deer hunts, we think they might go. But it depends. I mean, I mean, they're, they're not really complaining about the protests and the riots, but they're worried about the COVID. And in some places when they've uh, released, uh, uh, what do you call it, unrestricted the social distancing, and obviously the riots and protests are another thing. They said that certain areas have seen a flare-up. But, I mean, most of the people that are really susceptible, people in the nursing homes and stuff, I haven't seen any of them. Most of them aren't out protesting right now. It's hard um, to carry bricks and push a walker. Yeah, well, so so well, it, it's hard to get to the the, the pre-established brick site when they get their map to <laughs> right. go into riot. So and and most ninety-year-olds don't want to that are protesting. You know they 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 they're you know um, they don't need they don't need the shit in the Nike store. You know what I'm saying? So right? he's just saying. Well, it's actually pretty dangerous for an eighty-year-old dude to walk around with American flag right now. He's more likely to get his head beat in by a brick than he is to get COVID. Isn't yeah. that crazy? So, so I mean, it's dangerous in America right now to have a yeah, mega hat on or carry the flag or... <laughs> I'm trying to stay the course here. You guys Jeez are trying Louise. to derail me. So the, the, uh, um, the, that's actually What's really, frustrating? That's actually really good. If I was trying to derail you, we would talk about the Supreme Court ruling and some of that stuff. Yeah, so, so, no, that wouldn't derail me. Um, so here, here's the thing. Um, that's actually really good perspective because... Because we got a lot of people that are going, what to do? This is what I would say, okay? And this is what I've been telling clients. Okay? Don't watch CNN or MSNBC. Mm, actually, just, just... Don't donate to BLM. So number one, don't book any flights. That's what I heard you say. Number two, okay, so don't book any flights. Number two, okay, you need to contact us or the outfitter, okay? If you're looking for a refund... Please have patience, depending on what their refund policy is. Because a lot guys, of outfitters aren't going to be able to refund. And no. uh, your best bet is to work with the outfitter and ask for a deferment. And if there's a little bit is difference he, in price, is to have it uh, go. I mean, uh, he, you can pay that. Most outfitters, as long as they can reschedule you and they won't lose and, and they don't lose their permits, are going to work with you to to get you on another hunt without losing your money. Yeah. But it, but the thing is, if it opens up. And you can legally travel and fly, and you wait till the last minute and then yep. cancel. The outfitter is not going to refund you. That's what I was just going to say. Number three, don't expect because you have changed your perspective in your mind when they open it up to have him sit and understand your perspective. Because I understand. Listen, I, I'm in the same position. We own a couple companies. My wife and I do. Um, we're business people, and I understand what this has done to everybody, and I feel terrible. But at the end of the day. Uh, these outfitters, when they open back up and they're ready to go, they have to execute on what they do. And if you go, hmm, 
my perspectives change because I don't want to do that because I don't want to compromise my time. I don't get stuck in a foreign country. I die, I die, I die, I die. Okay, I understand your I does, but the outfitter should better shouldn't. find a replacement for yourself right yes. now and give it to one of your employees or give it to one of your friends for half price or something. But if, otherwise, if you walk away from it two weeks out, there's a good chance you're only going to get 20 or 30 cents on the dollar or no, nothing. Well, it's going to be hard to get hunts too because peop- there's going to be a lot of people. Alaska's already Great gotten point. pushed forward. You know, there was no even year spring hunt this year for on the peninsula. They're so gonna try and, they're going to try and I, do a I double know. hunt. We're going to have know. some constipation yeah. of dates here. Yeah, it's going to be. It's 21 gonna is going to be sticky. Yeah, yeah 21's going to be sticky because everybody's going to be trying to, to get back. And then there's going to be no place for people who want to hunt 21 to go. The 21, so if you're, gonna, if you're looking for a hunt right now, you better be thinking pretty aggressively on what you're going to do because there's not going to be a lot of inventory. Well, here's the other 21's thing. 21's going to be as tight as using J.B. Weld on a scope mount. Exa- and, and that's a good point. And 22 and 23, I would be booking into them if I'm you. We're booking 22 and 23 for us personally. No simply because we all understand how pandemics are going to be handled. There's going to be a new standard for it because this is the first time we've ever had one in the modern-day travel where we're a global economy that's, yeah. that's, that's a super small. Yeah, you can come from plane. Wuhan to America in 12 hours. Yeah, it's a China it's a China, China disease. And, and do you think that's racist? No. Why? Because it's from China. China. Um, yeah. I don't think it's racist at all. And racist, I'm not racist is the most, one of the most overused words. Yeah. It's just crazy. So anyway, um, uh, my, my, uh, my suggestion is to start booking and looking at 22, 23. Get together with your uh, outfitter. Get together with us. Give us a shout. We'll help you out. Quit sending money to the uh, DNC if you already are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, save that money for hunt applications. And yeah, so, so it's it's interesting to me because we uh, the podcast thing is new new to us. We had the TV show. Um, there's a lot of foreign countries that are listening to that. That um, Australia has a, they must have a lot of hunters, huh, Brian? Australia likes to come to the to hunt in North America. A lot of them actually come here and do DIY hunts. A lot of Aussies are by nature uh, fairly frugal people. You could call them cheap, but I can say frugal. And uh, because the exchange rate is even sometimes worse than the Canadian dollar, um, when they can, I've met a lot of Aussies. That, and Aussies are usually, if they grew up sandbar hunting and hunting some of the other deer um, in their country, those are fairly hard hunts. And so they're pretty natural at hunting mule deer, whitetail, and elk. So a lot of your Aussies will come, same with the Kiwis, uh, they'll come to the U.S. And, and apply for, you know, these different hunts in different states. So that's the nice thing about the United States. Even Aussie, you can go to Australia and hunt, but the hard part is the gun laws in Australia. So it's harder for a guy to, like, if you want to take your gun to Australia, uh, you need to pretty well hunt with a tourist, a t- a touristic um, place, or you need to work with somebody that already has a gun and borrow it. And I'm sure there's some paperwork you're probably supposed to do to shoot a gun even in Australia. So, yeah, so the U.S. is still relatively easy. Um, they can bring a gun here with, with an ATF approval. They don't have to work with a tour company. Like, if I want to take a gun to, to uh, Canada, I, I mean, not Canada, but to Australia, I have to work with a tour company. I can't just take it on my own. They have to have they have to have a safe storage space and everything like that. So it's going to be locked up, uh, locked yeah. up when it's there and and, and yeah. without the ammunition and all that stuff. That yeah, and a lot of Europeans <laughs> like to come here too. A lot of Austrians, Austrians and, and and Swiss and Germans love hunting Canada. I find they don't hunt the U.S. as much, but they're more they hunt Canada a lot. There's certain outfitters that have a huge percentage of European hunters. Yeah, well, that's it's, interesting. It's, it's that was tough. interesting to me how many people from, like, New Zealand you mentioned, Australia, U.K., and Sweden. Sweden's got 
Sweden they, actually like, has a lot well, of Think about hunters. the travel to here. Norway and Sweden hunts a lot it's of It's not hard for them. Yeah. It's not hard for them to travel in here. And, and, um, the and, big hunters. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's cool. Alaska is, is, is one of the greatest travel destinations on planet Earth, so why wouldn't people go there to hunt? You know? Well, the problem with Alaska, and though, it's not a problem. If you're a non-resident alien, which means like a, even a Canadian citizen, you can't hunt Alaska big game at all unless you go with a guide. Right. N- not even moose, not no. even caribou. No, a, a, a U.S. citizen, U.S. Yeah. resident can, but a non-resident alien cannot hunt Alaska, and they can't hunt the wilderness areas in Wyoming. But the rest of them, they can hunt Arizona, Oregon, Washington, Colorado as hunt a Kiwi or a Canadian. You, now, now the, where it's required when they travel in, they have to have a the, the hunt safety card. Is that right? Um, generally. Uh, or the one, most countries will all require a hunt safety card. Do they and really? That, and, that, and that is done before they get the application. Remember, as you when you fill out your applications, you have to have a hunt safety card or a record of hunting other non-resident states, and then you're okay. But once you've had a hunter safety card, usually even a Canadian one, they call it the core there in British Columbia. All the provinces and all these countries have hunter safety, so usually that works uh, in the U.S., so it, it's, it, yeah, it's applicable when they get here. Yeah, but it's no, they, they, don't, they don't check the hunter safety. No, they don't check, they don't check the card when you get here that you have to prove it when you do the application. Okay, so, so, um, so I travel in from, say, New Zealand. I land in Colorado, and I'm going to go on a ranching for wildlife hunt. And I don't have to apply. You don't have to do nothing. I just got to go to Walmart and take the voucher that the rancher Probably. gives me. Then, then they would need to have. They would have. I would to guess have. so. You'd have to look because yeah, that's cause never we, a situation. We have to have it. We have well, to have it on file. You, ha- you have to have it with you. And, and in Colorado, they can ver- if you're checked by a CEO or you go to the uh, game fish and parks, you can get it verified. And then you don't need to have it with you all the right, time. I understand that. But if you but like even New Mexico or not New Mexico, uh, Nevada for all of the non-residents, when we send in their apps, we have to send in a photo of their. We have to email a photo of their hunt safe card, even in uh, Nevada. And then you get an okay back, and you're verified, and then you can go on with the application. Generally, so. once you've if they, if they approve your application, that means your hunter safety has been approved. I actually don't even know where my hunter safety card is anymore. It's stored in one of my files someplace. Um, mine's in my. Tr- I know right where mine's at. It's uh, it's. It's probably my, one of those laws. I'm sure there's probably some place that can law. write you a citation if you don't have your hunter safety card with you. Yeah, maybe, but most places now it's a stop block from you getting a license. If I, you don't have I your put mine safety. on. I I have mine digitally stored in my phone. That's a not a bad. I idea. don't like I said. I don't know where mine is. I have. You're gonna uh, need to get that when you move here. I don't think so. You can't. <laughs> they can give me a ticket for not having uh, a hunter safety I'm, card. I'm Brian Martin, and I don't need. I don't. I'm, I'm not approving your Colorado licensing requirements. <laughs> well, I've been so. applying for all the states for years, yeah. so obviously they, yeah, they yeah. have you, a copy. Well, see, of you, you obviously have sent your uh, well, picture of it. I had, one. I had one in Oregon. Nevada. I got one when I was ten years old in 1981. And did British Columbia allow you to have use oh, that? Oh yes, it, it's it's good everywhere. So you're going like, to fly. I mean, so 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 I'm I'm going a little off course here with the travel in, travel out, and uh, um, what what's needed. I, get, I but mean, you're going back to Canada to get your stuff to move to the United States. Yeah, I'm going to move down here after the hunting season and stuff, and I haven't been able to go back and forth like I normally do because of the travel restrictions. Every time I would go, it would be a two week quarantine. Right. So yeah. what am I going to do at two weeks? But I don't even have enough hand lotion at home for two weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I yeah, mean, but, but you get, honestly, you get dry hands when you're at home. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would be like. <laughs> it would be like uh, having. Brett Miller's ha- laughing right now. Or what? like to have a mechanic have to go do a renewal on how to uh, change the oil in his truck. 
Right, or... or, uh, or uh, I'm um, all for hunter safety, but you do that when you're a kid, usually, because you don't right. have a parent or somebody to show you, and, and you learn a few basic gain laws yeah, and gain safety. Yeah, they're good standards. They're good standards. Yeah. But it's, I mean, th- but that's why, though, I remember when we were... At some point, though, whether it's 1970 or 1965 or whatever, it, you don't have to have a hunter safety well, card. Well, we're planning... We're almost to that age where we don't have to have a hunter safety card because they figure by default we know what we're doing. Well, if you're traveling right now... We would suggest you make sure you always have your hunter safety card. If we're doing your applications for you, we need it anyway on file. Um, and so that that's uh, in some states, so like Arizona, we'll give you a bonus point for a hunter safety card. Well, especially Arizona, you get a bonus point if you take their. That's what I mean. Not so, not, so, not ours. So my yeah, advice so like is, if we could get a bonus point if we went down there. If we, their yeah, because yeah, so you, you can take it all online, except you have to show up for a range day. So no yeah. kidding, but you need a bonus point. But you get well. There's and, and you get a permanent. You get a loyalty bonus point too. So you can actually get, and those are permanent. So, well, there's so the loyalty bonus point stays with you, and so does the permanent. Uh, so does the Arizona Hunt Safe course that stays with you. That's a that's a loyalty one. Well, the so. big thing I guess because we do have uh, people that listen. Those of you that listen in Sweden, New Zealand, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada. Right. So thanks. Can, first of all, yeah. thanks for See, listening and subscribe. We appreciate that. So yeah. those people can go to Absolutely. Arizona. They can go down and go to the Bob Bonner Race School Driving School. Coordinate it with the Fish and Wildlife thing. And and then go I can I think it would be a waste of time to go to a race car driving school. You, there's a speed limit for a reason. No, what it do teaches you, you, it, you learn t- in t- a race it, for? It takes it teaches you accident avoidance and maneuvering, and just teaches you how to have a lot of fun. Yeah, you it, know it what? To- it show, they show you what, it, what you can actually do with a cargo van. I love it. That when the first day on the track, they go out with a cargo van, literally, a hauler van with like, like three or four seats. It'd be like a mini school bus. And, I mean, we're talking full-on squealing, power sliding around the corners, not actually breaking traction where you're sliding, drifting. But, I mean, you feel like the van's going to tip over. He said, see, this is what a car is capable of doing if you know how to drive it. So this, so so when you get in a Corvette or you get one of the Formula cars, it's a much easier. But they show you that that a car driven properly. Now a van, if you jerk the wheel back the other way, probably will roll. Where a Corvette will just do a 360. Right. But what is really interesting though is I, I you really learn how to drive. And this is off the topic, but if you do want to take a hunter safety course, there are some cool things to do in say Phoenix area in the winter. You can play golf. You can go taste race car driving schools. You can schedule a surgery to get your eye, eyes fixed or something like that. That's where I had my LASIK surgery done. So there's a lot of cool things to do in Phoenix in the winter when every place else is really... With Dr. Bob. Yep, Dr. Bob. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix is wonderful, but after about May, Phoenix is not cool until about September, October. Yeah, it gets a little hot. Well, if you're traveling in, make sure you have a hunter safety card. Get together with, uh, you know, your, your booking service and an advisor. Call us. 1-800-1-605-644-8000, or rollingbones.com. We will help you make sure you can get from Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, New Zealand, or Sweden, and come on over. And to echo what Brad said, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Here's a reminder for you. Subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many other locations. Also, and if you feel so inclined, leave us an honest rating and review. It'll help us and others find our podcast as that word spreads. So, we seriously want this podcast to be valuable to you and a great resource. We do add a little humor once in a while. Political incorrectness is Polit- normal. Political incorrectness. Uh, we have the great Brian Leslie make sure that we... Cuts that up and gets bleep, that out. Bleep. 
So Brian Bleep is, Leslie is, is Brian is Brian Martin would say we got three Brian to we, we should nickname him Bleep from now on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, actually, that's hey Bleep, we got Bleep over here. But as as Brian Martin would say, he's make sure that we stay PG twelve. So let us know what you think. We thank you for listening. We appreciate you always joining us. And uh, man, I I know the gear ones have been getting great reviews. Thanks for all the feedback on that, everybody. You have a wonderful, safe, and healthy week. We appreciate you listening to Hunt the World Podcast. And if you're really old and sick and out of shape, you should wear a mask. Don't go to the riots. Don't go to the riots for sure. You might get you might get some carbon monoxide poisoning from the burning Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs>